Hi, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Love is Everywhere, the podcast, the show where I give comedians assignments of things that are supposed to make them happier. And then we talk to them about it and we find out how it went. Uh, This one, oh boy, get your tissues ready. This one's a real tearjerker. Um, had just the loveliest conversation with Kyle Bergstresser. Um, this one is focusing on connection with others, gratitude, uh, just such a beautiful talk and such a wonderful thing to experience. I hope that you find it uh, as moving as I did. Um, if you want to support Love is Everywhere, the live show, uh, we're at Comedy Bar in Toronto on the third Sunday of every month. So you can find your tickets for that at comedybar.ca. And uh, if you want to check out Kyle other places, he's opening for Mike Carose's album recording on October 22nd at the Ossington. He'll be on the New Year's Eve Your Hood's a Joke show on uh, December 31st. He's going to be representing Manitoba, taking on Nova Scotia. So get ready, Nova Scotia. Kyle Bergstress is coming for you. Um, also, he's the host of a very seemingly ridiculous television show called The Tailgate Talent Show. Uh, that's going to be coming out on October 20th on East Link TV. And you can like uh, the, ta- the Tailgate Talent Show on Facebook for more info about that. I've seen the trailer for it and it looks ridiculous. And Kyle is the very perfect host for this show. So please go check it out. Even if you only look up the trailer, like it is well worth your time. Uh, yeah. And in the meantime, please enjoy this chat with Kyle Bergstresser. Stresser. Hi, hello, hi. 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 Thank you for being here. Thank you. Uh, we start me. with an honest how are you, so how are you? An honest how are mm-hmm. you? Okay, let me think. A little bit sleepy. Okay. Uh, but I had coffee, so I feel good. Mm-hmm. But I have that stomach feeling after you have coffee where you're just a little bit gurgly. Okay. Um, overall, pretty good. Yep. Sore from biking. I bike for uh, side living, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, my body is sore from that, but I like to feel sore. I'm just, yeah. I'm. This is pure stream of consciousness. <laughs> and um, what about inside? We know how your body feels. How do you feel, <sighs> heart wise? I knew we were gonna go there, but so soon, Tracy. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> no, that's I the know. way I roll, Kyle. You know this. I know what podcast I'm on. I should have been more ready. <laughs> uh, I no, I feel good. I feel. I always feel uh, nervous about these things because there's no way to prepare, really. Yep. I should have. I haven't even listened to an episode, and that sucks. I I don't know why I didn't. <laughs> I normally would do that, but somehow that feels fake to me it feels like i'm gonna listen to it and be like all right so she's gonna ask things roughly like this and i'm Mm. gonna be ready with i don't want to do that okay well i like that you didn't prepare i hope that you go in afterwards and listen oh i'll listen to mine just yours yeah oh i'll listen to mine and i'll end up listening to others for sure i appreciate your honesty Mm -hmm. oh yeah no i'm not gonna pretend i'm gonna listen to everyone there's there's a lot especially when you know the people you're just like i could just talk to them yeah yeah i don't know you know what I'll probably, I actually, I don't know which episodes you have, but I saw that Jordan Foisey has an episode. Yes, he does. I like the way that guy writes. It's a very good one. I like the way that guy talks. I'll probably listen to that one. He's very excellent. And it was a very excellent episode. Yeah. Yeah. But I will unabashedly listen to mine two or three times. Yes. I don't know why I do it. I really enjoy myself. It sucks. (laughs) No, that's good. Yeah. It doesn't suck to enjoy yourself. The whole concept of this thing is yes, enjoy yourself. Can I get some chips on here? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> a good crunchy snack. Um, yeah, no, I, I, 
Yeah, it's partially enjoying myself and also partially I like that you could I still listen to even when it's myself on a podcast, I still listen to it the way I'd listen to anybody. Like mm-hmm. I become a, a pretty unbiased judge all of a sudden. Because <laughs> there's some episodes of podcasts I've been on where I'm like, that guy sucks. And there's been other <laughs> ones where I'm like, what a funny dude. Cool guy. That guy really gets me. For me, when I hear myself on podcasts, including this one, I'm like, mm, she's a talker. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Well, that's the point. I mean, that means you're cut out for it. I think sometimes that's maybe a better quality in a guest than a host. Yeah, you're Pete Holmesing it a little bit. I'm Pete Holmesing it just a little bit. Everything comes back to you some way. That reminds me of a bit I have. You stand up and just start doing comedy. Oh boy. (laughs) Um. uh, Oh, speaking of me, my honest, how are you? Yeah. Uh, Wait, let me do it. Okay, Tracy, and I mean this. How are you? I am okay. Okay. Yeah. I had a really excellent week. Uh, the day we're recording this, uh, the, yesterday was the last day of JFL 42. Mm-hmm. So seeing shows and stuff like that, that was really great. We're Got probably both coming inspired. in with some of that. Mm-hmm. We just saw 10 days of comedy sort of energy. Oh, yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of my favorite weeks of the year. Yeah. Because uh, I don't have to go up. I just get to like watch and be an audience member for a full week uh-huh. and like quite actively. And uh, that always, I always leave the week with like a lot of inspiration and yeah. like motivation and feeling really good and like on quite a high. Also, I'm going to Italy in two weeks. Oh, wow. So I'm getting prepared for that and very excited for that. I've never traveled anywhere. Anywhere? No, I've like, like the I've, States even? Well, I lived in California uh, for two okay. years. But uh, that's the only place other than here that I've ever been. So, so you've been to Venice and now Venice. Is <laughs> <Right>? it? <laughs> Come on. I do comedy too. I'm a stand-up comedian. Can you tell? Yes, exactly. Um, so yeah, getting getting pumped for that trip. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty good. Things yeah? are good. So yeah. you're like, you're happy about the past and excited about the future. Exactly. What a lovely place to be in. That is nice. Yeah. Ooh, that's nice. It's cool that you, you and you you genuinely just feel excited when you're watching JFL. Is there any feeling of like, ah, I want to be up there? Or is it all? Um, Not in a percentage? bad way. Yeah. Like. Uh, that's how I feel, too. Yeah. There is, there is definitely a bit of a like, Ooh, I want to be up there. Mm-hmm. But uh, not in a way where I feel resentful or yeah. like. Uh, why am I not? Yes. Oh, there. It's not like that at all. It's more like, oh, it'll be so cool one day to play theaters. Uh-huh. That's more the sure, yeah, the feeling of or it. Or even just to go up at the alt show, or even just yeah. to, yeah. That's I know, I know. I think I think early on in in Toronto, I don't know if it's because I wasn't new to comedy when I moved here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was newish. I was like three years in, but I a bunch of stuff I thought I had gotten over all of a sudden came back because mm-hmm. you just don't feel like whatever recognized enough and you don't which isn't anybody's fault they're like Mm -hmm. they don't know you there's two thousand comedians here and (laughs) everybody's got a guard up because a lot of them are bad (laughs) so so everybody's like i'm going to assume you suck until you prove me otherwise so you so for the the first year of jfl uh that i lived here was a little bit more it's so funny because i didn't deserve it at all yet i hadn't done Mm -hmm. anything to get on there but i had so much of a feeling of like oh i could do that i could Mm -hmm. be up there and it was like it did inspire me but it was like it came with this like gross sort of envy and this year i'm just like i really do think it's gonna happen at some point Mm -hmm. i'm being realistic that it's probably in the next three to five years Mm -hmm. And I just I'm getting excited of like, oh, I could do something like that here. Like whenever yeah. it happens, 
I want to do this and this. And now it's an excitement. It's like, yeah, feels good. Mm -hmm. Should we get into your assignment? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, your assignment was that you had to pick uh, a person from your life and you had to make a list of uh, five. It was five. Yeah. 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 Five things about them. Reasons why you love and appreciate that person. Yes. And so we did this as a live thing already. Yes, we did. Has so that you happened were before or is that? Yeah, actually. Is that um, kind of the way this works? This is the first time that we've done a podcast with somebody who has just been on the live show okay. um, with Leonard Chan's episode. He was doing the live show that night. Oh, wow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. So we did the podcast and then he was on the live show the same night. Yeah. Um, but you were on the show a couple weeks ago. Um, so we've already talked a little bit about this assignment, but this is the beauty of this doing this podcast now is that like we only get just a couple minutes uh, to talk about yeah. the assignments at the live show. And it's still wonderful and lovely. And like that was a fantastic show, but uh, it's nice to be able to get to sit down and get into it a little more. Yeah. So for the listeners who were not at the live show, um, let's get into it. So uh, tell us about the, the person that you picked. So, uh, yeah, we talked about this again yeah at the live show that it was it was this was one of these things where i i thought immediately because it was like to pick somebody that you love and like tell them that and i was like well you know like i've been dating my girlfriend melanie for like four plus years i should know how long but i don't and uh <laughs> uh it was just like well of course that's the thing and that immediately terrified me i got definitely the just the classic what a hacky emotional problem to have that I have a commitment thing. It's like, oh, be original. But like, that's for, for sure my deal. And so I was like, oh, God, that is scary. And I kind of we talked about that, too. Right? I sort of pushed you towards doing that for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I told you that that was the one that scared me the most. Yeah. Connection with others. Uh -huh. I almost didn't type it, too. I was mm -hmm. like, don't, don't, don't. But the fact that it scared me, I was like, you have to. That's the whole point of this. I love that you did that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I have a bit of a. I try to use the like little bit of daredevilness that I have. I grew mm -hmm. up like riding dirt bikes and stuff. Like I used to like jump off my house. I've always had that sort of thing. Uh, onto a trampoline, by the way. I wasn't just trying to kill <laughs> just myself. Jumping off. Yeah, that. I used to just jump off my house. I broke my back thirty <laughs> times as a child. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I, uh, I think I try to just like take that into emotional stuff too, because it's good. You got to go to the places that you're afraid. Because yeah. that's uh, usually the, the things that you're afraid of are pointing you towards the things that would lead to growth. Oh, totally. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think always. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know if usually counts. I guess yeah. maybe there might be some like past stuff that is whatever. Mm -hmm. But even then, you got to get through that. So anyway, I. Uh, uh, so you had thought that you would do it about Melanie. And it's funny that, that you said that because originally uh, when I was coming up with the assignment mm -hmm. i had just made it melanie i had been like right come up with five reasons why you love and appreciate melanie and, oh, then, wow. and then share them with her and uh then i was like you know what i think i'm actually gonna leave it up to kyle and mm -hmm. i'm gonna open it up and just say someone yeah yeah and that uh wow i didn't know that and so that, that really, really opened it up things. yeah because yeah. i because so what happened is i brought it up at therapy that I was doing that. And I had just been talking to my therapist about my grandma quite a bit, just because she has a lot of ties to my childhood. And I saw her all the time. And uh, he was like, well, you got to do it about your grandma, like, like, no hesitation. And I was both like, whoa, I'd never thought of that. And I was also kind of relieved because I was like, oh, that's easier for me, for mm -hmm. sure. Just somebody who's removed and like, she's passed away. So like, that makes it 
again, classic mm-hmm. hacky emotional issues. Yeah, it's like, just good, like some distance. Yes, yes, yes. I don't have to look anyone in the eyes and say <laughs> it. It's just like a nice <laughs> hypothetical almost situation. What's your therapist's first name? Ted. <sighs> Mine's Peter. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Mine's very Buddhist, uh, my therapist. Mm-hmm. He really likes like that kind of stuff, which is good because I have a lot of like spiritual theories that I bring into my thing where I'm just like, you know, I don't know. I have things that I'm, I'm worried about. I do that might mean like if anything happens in the afterlife, it's bad. Like I'm like, if mm-hmm. I don't work through that, who knows what will happen after I die? And he, he goes like, oh, God, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like all on board with it. Love it. Yeah, it's great. Okay, so your therapist um, was like, you got to do it about your grandma. Yeah, and I was like half relieved. I was uh, I was kind of, because yeah, it just felt like a little bit easier. So I was excited about that. And I, uh, yeah, just kind of got going. I don't know. It was, it was actually like a day or two before. I just sort of sat down. I sat down on a, I was staying somewhere. I sat down on the toilet with the lid down. I wasn't used. I was just like. Just I, a chair. Yeah, well, it's just like nobody's going to ask questions if you close the door in the bathroom and you're in there for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so I did that in the morning. Yeah. And it was like probably like a half hour I was in there. I just sort of wrote it out. Um, how do we want to do it? Do I just read the list? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, you can okay. if you like. All right. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah, I chose I chose my grandma. Um so the first reason that I wrote down was just that I said that she like made life seem like a cartoon, um, which I sort of just meant that like she she uh, she never wanted to put things in the like straightforward way. I mm-hmm. think that there's a very there's a way to what Ted would say, Dr. Ted, <laughs> is that you can either be in your head or in here. And he'd like point to sort of your chest, your heart area. Yeah. And she would never. I don't think she was ever for a moment in her life in her head. It was yeah. all from there. And so that's how she would say everything. She would she wouldn't say, I saw a deer today. She would say a little deer came and gave me a visit and he said hello, but then he had somewhere to be. Mm. <laughs> like that was how she'd describe it. Or she would say that like uh not that a Robin came by to see her flowers. The same Robin. She was sure it was the same one. And yeah. she's like, my Robin friend came back and he was like hanging out a little bit by the gender it and everything. Mm-hmm. There was like a whole story. And I'd never see it happen. When I was really little, I would imagine these things where like the deer had a scarf and the bird had a little <laughs> hat in my head. Like it was a whole straight out of Snow White kind of yeah, deal. Just like a sense of whimsy and play just even in her language. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like completely. um, she like painted a whole world with it, but it also it just made me it let me hold on to that feeling of like there's more to the world yeah. for a lot longer than I think I would have like into my 20s. I mm-hmm. think I still had a feeling of of like it, you know, now when I go into a building, I'm just like you see how big the building is from the outside you see and you're like whatever I'm going to go in there and it's going to be like an average sized place. And it's good. But even in my early twenties, I'd be like, there might be a secret room that leads to like a secret world that mm-hmm. like, I still believed that that was possible that, that, so I would try every door in every place I went to. Cause I was like, <laughs> you never know. And if I'd open a closet and there was jackets, I'd like move the jacket <laughs> yeah, aside. Just to be sure. like, just in case. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, now I'm old enough and I'm like, no, I've seen blueprints before. Like I would be able to tell from the outside if there was a secret. Room. And even as I'm saying it, I'm just like, why are you ruining your own life but like this? Right? Still wear scarves. So yeah, that I'm sure. That's Maybe we haven't documented that, but mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of them probably just get caught on branches as they walk through the woods. <laughs> it's not very practical. Yes clothing choice and we've all seen a scarf just strewn on the ground and now i mean what do you think that's from it's a deer that made its way through the city it's cute that's adorable (laughs) um 
So that was my sort of number one. And that mm-hmm. was that had a real effect on me just based on like the reason that that was such a, a, a reason that I loved her is I think that that really. Yeah, I mean, I basically said it already, but it just let me hold on to my childhood like more. Yeah. And not feel weird about it. Like, I don't think I ever thought twice about whether or not that was strange until mm-hmm. I was in like my my mid 20s. And then people people started actually weirdly people would ask me if I was gay a lot because I still had a sense of whimsy and they're like that's for sure a gay thing and I would be like well I've heard it enough that maybe like enough people have asked me that I don't know but I think no I'm just fun is that yeah have you never met a fun person can't I just be fun (laughs) apparently not or I mean you can but um you also have to marry someone from the same sex yep um and honestly if that's the price I'll, I'll go for it yeah it's worth it yeah, I don't know. Um, the the number two reason uh, that I wrote was that uh, she got it was what I wrote. Let me because re- it's actually been a little while here. I'm actually trying to hear it. Um, this is me kind of sinking yeah. back into it. Um, what I wrote was that I would go over there like a, a three or four times a week because, like I said, I rode like a dirt bike as a kid. She lived out in the country and we had a little like track kind of at her mm-hmm. place. And sometimes I would ride on the track. Sometimes I would pretend I was being chased by gangs <laughs> and I had to get away from them. Sometimes I'd pretend I was getting chased by a cheetah and Ooh. I had to get away from it. I had a whole story in my head. Gang of cheetahs. Yes, a gang of <laughs> cheetahs sometimes. Sometimes they were like the wild cheetahs you'd see. Sometimes they had leather jackets and they yeah. could talk. And we were like in the biker mice from Mars universe. <laughs> but either way i was out there just having a real time uh on that on my dirt bike or something or i'd just be like roaming through the woods pretending i was on some adventure mm-hmm. but then i would always at some point i would do that for about an hour and then i would go and i would park the dirt bike in the garage and take all my like dirt bike gear off and then i'd go inside and we would pour ginger ale into like champagne glasses mm-hmm. and pretend it was champagne and we would make popcorn and watch uh spongebob and then the simpsons on cbc uh i think it was on cbc anyway and it was just like a it was such like a little like a dinner party sort of feeling it's really beautiful yeah it was very uh and we would talk in british accents too Mm -hmm. when we had the just for like little bits when we did the champagne we would do like a little play sometimes she would like bring it out on like a little tray sort of to like make it seem mm-hmm. there was always part of it but and I would go there and the champagne glasses would always be washed like there'd be dishes in the sink and there'd be whatever but those were always ready yeah cuz she knew and that was just uh that was great and and it was so cool too again I didn't realize what other people's grandparents might be like because like she thought the simpsons was so funny Mm -hmm. and spongebob was so funny like so on two different and like one that's totally for kids and one that's totally for adults and we would watch like young frankenstein Mm -hmm. or we would watch like uh the naked gun movies Mm -hmm. and she just like lose her mind like her and my dad and my aunt actually i have so many people in my family like that like they didn't just go like ha 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 that's funny they would laugh till they had like coughing fits and were like crying and yeah that that it just normalized that for me. Mm-hmm. I still for sure have that. I was at the alternative show yesterday and we were in the front row and Andy Kindler kept pointing to me to kind of like point out my laugh because I was like laughing so hard. Mm-hmm. And I, I always find myself doing that, like turning around, being like, are you guys having fun too? Like, why not <laughs> laugh until your throat should hurt after a show? I get that. I'm a big laugher yeah. and I'm like not stingy with it. 
at all. Like, Why would you I feel be? It, it feels so good for you. It's not even about, I feel like people are like, they don't want to give the person the laugh or something. Like, it's some social play. Yeah, where it's like a power move of yeah. like, like ugh, it takes a lot to make me laugh. Yeah, yeah. You it's like you they can get make to, me laugh? Yeah, they're showing off in a sense. And I think they also... I think they also have this feeling of like it's um it's like social dynamics like they're like I don't want you to get too big for your britches I'll yeah. I'll give you a few laughs to keep you going mm-hmm. but like it's like no man just laugh as hard as you want at everything that's what I do sometimes uh, I get stared at a little bit sure <laughs> I had a moment at the alternative show actually yeah. also like a few days before uh, where this woman at the table in front of me kept turning around to look at me every time I laughed. And I was like, I was like, leave me alone, lady. Yeah. I was like, this is just my laugh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Pardon me for the way I express joy. Yeah, Jesus. You should have started just snapping at her every time she turned up. No, no, no. I'm having fun. You should be having. You're the weird one here. I'm laughing at a comedy show. (laughs) People will also tell me like, if I'm uh, at a show in the audience and I have a friend who's performing. They'll see me after and they're like, I knew you were here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've gotten I that have, too. I've gotten I that too. I have one of those laughs. Yeah, actually somebody said yesterday, they're like, oh, I heard your laugh. Yeah, yeah. I thought I, I, and you know what? I There was a time where that would have embarrassed me. Now I love it. Now I think that that's great. Yeah, I've let go. Yeah. I went through like many years of being really self-conscious of my laugh. Just let go. Yeah. Who cares? I talked to somebody at a comedy show a little while ago and I said, I, I, I introduced it as though it was this crazy concept, but I was really trying. I was watching them at an open mic and there was this comic on stage and she was she was pretty new, but she was she had like, you know, you just watch somebody. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you don't have it totally figured out yet, but I know you know what you're yeah. doing. Like, you're going to be good at this. And I was laughing at all of her premises and I really was laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, I was just like, oh, this is cool. Another good. I love seeing a good comedian that yeah. has until they get really good and then they feel like a threat. And then I have a little <laughs> bit of, but especially when they're new, I'm like, oh man, good for you. I want shows to be full of more good comics. Mm-hmm. And I just went up to a couple of the comics that were just stone faced. And I was like, this is crazy. But have you ever like just laughed at a comedian because you could tell if you gave them something they they have a funnier set and they mm. were like no and they'd like never even thought of that before and then i was like what the hell like just <laughs> like, no like it's a, like we're the instrument they're playing yeah, right yeah, now yeah make some goddamn music it's our job as a room mm-hmm. i heard somebody bring, bring up sarah hennessy once and say that they're like give her a lot because if you give her a lot she'll give you a lot back yep. and that's like and i think there's people that would be like well she doesn't have it then you're like no but i cried laughing at that show yeah and she completely because of what she did. But it's like, yeah, give somebody a little bit of juice at the start mm-hmm. and watch it go. Well, yeah. also with comedy, it's a it's a tandem thing. Yeah. It's like you need each other. Right. The audience yeah. needs a comedian yes. and the comedian needs the audience. Uh-huh. So like we're working on this together. We're both combining forces to have an excellent yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like even somebody who's so good at having that 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 sense of like I could I can go to an empty well-lit room with four mm-hmm. people in it at some legion hall and i can get them going it's like yeah but if there was a hundred people in a great mood you'd be better yeah like not like you would be better you'd riff better you'd be like let's just all admit that that's more fun yes and it'll be more fun for the crowd i don't get it i don't get people sometimes let's get back to your grandma Ugh, fine. <laughs> it is weird how different this feels something about just finishing a comedy set made this feel maybe because there was a crowd i don't know mm-hmm. it came it, it came uh more organically for me the last time. Let's... I feel like you're doing just fine. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, thank you. What was the next one here? I did. Okay. Oh, um, so so she also had like a real uh, 
sense of play, which again, that's so huge for a kid to see out of mm-hmm. like a 67 year old woman that she would like, of course she wasn't, you know, I would, it's not like I'd go over there and she was like in the tub with a bunch of boats and was just like, <laughs> ah. but you know, I'd go over there and she's still an old lady. She's still watching young and the restless and mm-hmm. like, you know, drinking a coffee and like knitting something <laughs> like she was fully or like folding cloths. I have no idea. Something like that. Folding you cloths. know what I mean? Just some old lady activity. This, yeah. That's why you picture yeah. old people to do yeah, just, just folding a bag of cloths. Bag of yeah, no, not that they just came out of the laundry. She's just like, oh, I found these cloths on the way home. Figure I might as well fold them. And then she throws them out. She doesn't even keep them. It's just something to do. No, I don't know what old people get up to, but stuff like that. Stuff like folding cloths. Yeah. Uh, and then I would, uh, uh, but then I would like come there and she had this like huge closet like a walk-in closet like the size of this room just for toys like just for toys for her like grandkids and uh, as far as like the grandkids that even lived within a reasonable distance of her she only had three and I Mm -hmm. was the only one that really came over a lot because like that's where I went and rode my dirt bike so like um there wasn't much of a reason to have that but I think she just liked that she had all of those toys around it made the place still feel fun and when I would like you know I would like set up some of the toys she would she wouldn't just like walk by and be like, oh, what you playing there? Neat. She'd be like, OK, so who's that? Oh, and that's the bad guy. Oh, OK, because mm-hmm. last time he was the good guy. And then I would explain what had happened in between. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, you see, Grandma, like he was the bad guy. But then one of his cronies pushed him in the vat of acid. So now he looks like a freak and he needs mm-hmm. it. And she's like, oh, OK. And then she would get down on all fours and play the game with me. Like she would be yeah. a couple of the characters. And like, yeah, and I did that. It's it is weird, but I did that into high school, not knowing that it was nuts. No, I love that. I I played it like imagination games like that yeah. for much longer than was appropriate. Like to the point where it was like, I play these games in secret. Yes. <laughs> no one must know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like playing with dolls and stuff. You gotta do it. Because mm-hmm. that 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 like it it um it like calcifies. You like you really do just kind of lose it, but you don't lose it. It just gets really, really hard. A couple of years ago, I got a little drunk with a friend of mine and we set up a castle and got just whatever action figures we could find and just played for like an hour. And it was super, super fun. I will say it got really sexual really fast. Like all of the toys were fucking each other immediately. Although if I'm being honest, even when you were as a kid, yeah, it was a lot of fucking games. Oh, that's strange. No, or just romance, you mean? Romance. It, yes. Like, yeah, I had uh, a, like a bunch of bisexual Barbies. <laughs> okay. I don't know why it took me yeah. so long to figure out that I liked men and women. Yeah, I yeah. I had like a couple of Kens and a couple of Barbies and a couple of Barbies with short hair. Yes. And they all dated each other. <laughs> yes. And that felt right to you. And that felt right. Yeah, yeah. And you were just like, God, I really do feel like one of these Barbies. Which you're yeah. like, what am I crazy? I'm not a Barbie. I'm Tracy. <laughs> not piecing it together at all. Uh, that's really fun. I love that your grandma would participate like that. Yeah, yeah. And it just normalized it for me. It yeah. just made it seem like it wasn't like the craziest thing. And it, it, it's, it's. Everybody, I think, would agree that the best years of their lives were their childhood. So, like, why do you work so hard to get rid of it? What a crazy human behavior that the best time of your life that we all agree. If there's anybody who says it wasn't like they had either a traumatic childhood or they're lying and they're just like, no, I like now when I'm making fucking money, dude. And you're like, (laughs) yeah, but remember when you didn't need money because like you were happy. (laughs) Like that's the and people work so hard to get rid of that and mm-hmm. to just be like, oh, of course I don't play with these toys anymore. Like, yeah, fuck off. Play with the toys. Mm-hmm. 
play with whatever toys. Even if you just have a stupid little action figure on your car dashboard. I don't know. Start I think that's there. one of the nice things about having children around in adulthood. Totally. Yeah. Right? Is that it it forces you back into that place. Well, and again, like my like I think that's what my grandma was doing. She still had that sense of like, I'm not gonna like get down and play with this fucking castle when I'm alone. That's crazy. Maybe she did, and that'd yeah, be but awesome. When there's a kid there, you yeah. probably want to. Yeah, and then she's like, This gives me an excuse to do it, and I'm just being a good grandma. And yeah. I'm just but she loved it. She was like totally all in and she was like participating in it. She didn't I I I did always want her to leave after a bit because I couldn't mm-hmm. Couldn't kick the guys as hard as I wanted to when grandma was there. She'd be like, well, yep. don't do <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to like really fuck shit up with these guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was sort of just a. Uh, I, it's like it was just cool to see an older lady that had a sense of play. But I think it was more about remembering that you should never like let go of that. Like you see a 70 year old doing that and you're like, okay, so you can do this forever. You can hang on to that forever. Yeah, like forever. Like not like until I'm 40 and then I'll back it off. Mm. I have uncles too on the other side of my family that's still that still like play with toys and like mm-hmm. two years ago one of my uncles showed me a lightsaber he bought for like 150 bucks on eBay. <laughs> and then he showed me a bunch of moves with it. <laughs> it's great. Um yeah. So if anybody's ever been wondering my deal, that's pretty much the whole reason behind it. Um, yeah. And and you know what? It's funny that I still had that as an as an upbringing, but it's still it took me until a year or two ago to not feel really self-conscious about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like now I would say I have none like I, I could have I had there was a ton of people last night looking at me for laughing so hard at the show and for like enjoying myself so much and like it really truly didn't bother me at all i felt sad for them and yeah. i was just like what a bummer there's some guy sitting off to the side of the stage i did i watched them too much i didn't see them laugh once mm. except for one time uh nor hadidi addressed them directly and then they all laughed and i was like that's what it takes for you mm. someone has to point at you and like like mention you by name and then you're like i'm funny i can laugh about the fact that i'm here mm. <laughs> that's Anyway, I don't want to turn this into my manifesto about why people suck, but <laughs> maybe a lot of them do. Um, oh, and I talked about that at the show. Remember that? That she she not only would like play with like toys with us, but she played that cat and mouse game where she would chase me and my brothers around the house on her hands and knees. And mm. we were standing. So we were like running around the house <laughs> and she was on her hands and knees, like in her sixties. And just like the more I think back on that now and how much my knees hurt every day yep. that she was willing to do that as like an old lady. It's insane. There was like the way our house was set up was there was there was stairs like on both sides of like the house that you had to go up because it's kind of like a split level. So she had to climb stairs on all fours like every 15 seconds as part of this game <laughs> and would do it. And sometimes we would jump on her back and one of us would ride the cat to chase after the other mice. And she was just so committed to the game. She's like, if that's what's happening, I got to yes and it. Like so she was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was great. Um, yeah. So that was that was just a, just a good lesson in uh, never grow up, guys. Peter Pan really yeah. he had it right. He Old had some Petey. of it right. Yeah, Peter Pan had some of it right. That's why he got so many ladies? Yeah, <laughs> did he? It's so many ladies. Oh, I guess he did. No, I need to watch that movie again. I think it's been too long. I think it's uh, the whole Peter Pan legacy got really Michael Jackson. It got ruined. Yeah. Everybody assumes that there's only a creepy way to do that. There's mm. a there's a I mean, let's not get into it. There's a way to hang around kids and not be weird. <laughs> That's, I'll just say that. 
right? Mm. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay. Uh, the number four reason I wrote was that uh, she loved to give people things. She would... Um, she loved like paying for meals and she loved just like handing you 30 bucks for no reason. Mm-hmm. And uh, I so I don't have I don't have that sense that a lot of people have that a that you shouldn't talk about money stuff. I've never found that weird. I, I, I I've showed a lot of people just my bank account <laughs> statement just to be like, they'll be like, where should we go for food? And I'll be like, well, look at this. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like, what do you think? And like me, keep in mind, I got rent coming up. Um, and I never have done that thing where somebody offers you food or money and you go like, no, no, I couldn't. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. Cause mm-hmm. my grandma would be really genuinely upset if you turned down the $30 she gave you for no reason. Yeah. Uh, even though she didn't have a job and was just living off like mm-hmm. her social and whatever. Um, but uh, so she would do that a lot. And she would also, no matter whose birthday it was, she brought a gift for everybody. Like she would bring a gift for me and all my brothers. And sometimes even just like a little bag of trinkets for all the other kids at the party, because she didn't think it was fair that like any one kid didn't get a present at the party, which isn't even mm-hmm. It's it is fair. <laughs> it is fair. It's not their birthday, and uh, none of those kids, me included, ever felt like this is bullshit that I don't get any presents yeah. today. How come only that kid's getting presents? We all understood that it's a birthday, and the birthday kid gets presents. It's actually a pretty good social lesson for kids that you don't always get something. Sometimes it's not about you. Yeah. But uh, my grandma but she disagreed. Was like, no, it's about, no, all, it's of about you. all of you. It's about everybody every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's you're all so special. Um, yeah, I mean, if people come at me with that whole, like, snowflake argument, I sometimes will have to be like, honestly, man, yeah, a little bit. I mean, for me specifically, (laughs) I may be a bit of a snowflake. I was told my whole life I was incredibly special. (laughs) That grandma did that. My other grandma, one time I sang the full house theme just at the top of my lungs to my cousins. And like, I say, here's how I sang it. Everywhere you look. Everywhere there's a heart, there's a heart, a hand to hold on to. And my grandma (laughs) stopped me while I was singing and she said, Kyle, you should pursue a singing career. You should. She stopped me down and she told me, I really think you could be a singer for a living. And I was like, Grandma, don't do that because I'll start to believe it really quickly. Um, So I have been told I'm very special my whole life. That's another element of my deal. Welcome to here's my deal. I've I've taken over this podcast. Um, what else did she do? Oh, at Christmas, yeah. This so this was maybe the one of the one of the cutest things that she did is that she would always so so she would always give us um like bags of gifts, and I mean a full like outdoor garbage can garbage bag mm-hmm. size bag of like little stuffed animals, and there'd be envelopes just full like stuffed full of paper till they almost couldn't close of just like newspaper comic clippings that she thought were funny like sometimes it was far side she would buy far side calendars and if there was ever a day that reminded her of somebody she would like take it aside and be like i'll give it to you on christmas yeah <laughs> which and so, or sometimes you just come over and she'd be like look at this did she do those those daily far yes, side daily yeah. far side calendars we used and... to get those for my sister every year for christmas yeah they're mm-hmm. so good oh far side they're great. And you, you really would like shape your day going into it a little oh, bit yeah. more. That's the that's one of the first things you see as you like tear it off. You have a little laugh in the morning. Why not? Who needs coffee? I think of the one of the guy looking at the note on the wall from his wife that says pants first or uh, <laughs> pants first, then shoes. <laughs> I think about that all the time. Yeah. 
I I probably once a week think about the one where there's two guys <laughs> sitting in hell, and the one guy, <laughs> the one guy's really quietly like he doesn't want people to overhear. And the one guy turns to another guy in hell, and he just he whispers, he's like, "I hate this place." <laughs> <laughs> It in hell. Uh, that one and one that just said cheetah wheelies and it's just a bunch of cheetahs running on their hind legs yeah gary larson really had it oh so good mm-hmm. yeah and again just another and and uh, both sides of my family would do that my my uncles on the other side of like my mom's side would uh we would sometimes sit for like a full hour at family gatherings and just read uh those jack handy deep thoughts books Mm -hmm. and just like lose our minds and then show each other different ones or those letters from a nut did you ever read those yes yes oh my god so just like again from like a very early age it was just like the most important thing in the world is laughing like that is the most important thing um but so anyway so my grandma would do that and that was part of it but then there was also just these like absolute like it's so easy when somebody's passed on to paint them as just this like wonderful saint of a person mm-hmm. who did everything right. She was like crazy with some of the stuff she'd give us, just like bags full of these like creepy little like stuffed animals with like bug eyes that were just like <laughs> that were just like scary, like legitimately scary. And my parents would always like as we were opening them, I would just like sense this tension between my mom and dad where they're like, this is like 30 pounds of stuffed animals that we yep. have to take back to our home. And yep. like now we have to yet again, we have to spend like a couple of months slowly taking them and giving them to the secondhand store because mm-hmm. <laughs> because we'll be like upset well but grandma gave us that um so she was really just creating a problem for <laughs> like turning my parents into hoarders whether they wanted to or not but there was this like sentiment to it it was not about the gift i don't even think she would have minded that much if she knew we gave most of them it away was the giving and the yeah yeah it was like the moment of of the gift uh, and she would she would always give us these little stuffed things and that that stuffed things. And and uh, and then like there'd be like 30 cards, like handwritten cards in there, too. Just different ones. Yep. She was like, here's another thing I thought about telling you. Yep. And like um, uh, I, I was moving to this town that had a lot of Ukrainian people uh, in it. And she gave me an axe, like a like an <laughs> axe with a gold head that she said seemed like a Vikings axe. <laughs> which I guess is about Ukraine. I don't know if there's Ukrainian Vikings. And she said, take this with you to remind people of your Viking heritage. <laughs> like, uh, She would do stuff like that. But you're right about the giving part because my, my little brother always gives me gifts where the point is not for me to ever be able to do anything with the gift. One year he got me, him and his, his girlfriend actually, they got me... Um, uh, a pin that said I I love anime another one that said Green Day another one that said Emo Rocks and a couple mm-hmm. of other ones a Daddy's Little Monster shirt like the uh, Harley <laughs> Quinn shirt from much too small like I could never wear it yep. uh, and then uh, a couple more just really useless pins and then they put the receipt in the box to show me that they spent like $60 on this. Yeah. And they were like, we're students. We can't. Have... So the point of it was like, look at how much money I wasted on this thing you'll never use. And it was like, okay. But it's for thanks, the moment. I guess. Yeah. But you're right. I, it, she, they probably, whether they knew it or not, that sort of like was inspired by, by my grandma. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And so, so one of the, one of the sweetest parts of that was I always noticed that she, she would give me uh, 
she would always give me stuffed dogs. We, there was always specific things that like people got, and we were always like, "Why am I always getting this from Grandma?" And we're always racking our brains like, "What is it? Is this supposed to mean something? Did she just do it once, and now that's like the yeah. pattern?" And she would always give me, um, uh, like birds, but usually eagles, but sometimes like hawks, and then like dogs, and usually like golden retriever dogs or huskies, and um. I was always like, that's so strange, but I always had a bunch. And those would be the first things I'd give away, especially as I got older and I realized like what my parents were sort of going through. I'd be like, yeah, you're like, I've home. got 40 eagles already. <laughs> yes. And and like, we'd be like on our way home and we'd be like, they'd be like, do we bring the bags in? And I'd be like, I'll grab some of the stuff. But then, yeah, you can just take it straight. We'll leave the bag in the car, go yeah. straight to the MCC. And, uh, um, but then one day I was listening to this like audio recording of, my grandma just like interviewing us, I guess for a little while she had a tape recorder and she would like interview us. And at some point in this interview, when I was like four years old, just like full speech impediment, she was just saying like, um, what she said, what kind of animals do you like? And I was like, I like golden retrievers and, uh, birds, but eagles mostly. And then, uh, and then it just like kind of moved on. And then I think soon after that, I said something like, just like, and then I fart on my crap. And she was like, okay, okay. And she had to like pull the record. I just like started screaming obscenities into there. But uh, I was like, oh my God. Like I was four years old and yeah. into my 20s, she was still like, well, I know Kyle likes eagles and golden retrievers. Yeah. And it was like, oh, that's so sweet and so like off, but still yeah. so adorable. It, uh, yeah, again, it, it, I guess it is just that thing of like, it's so much more about the thought of it. And it's like it's like the 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 nature, the nature of like gift giving. I get upset when my, my it's not their fault and I get it. But my parents always want a really detailed list. Mm-hmm. And it's like I do it. I, I get on the brain level that it's like, of course, I need a list from you, too. Like, I can't mm-hmm. go from nothing. But I'm like, I want to give you a suggestions. But I want the gift to be about like. I mean, get me underwear because I'm always out of underwear, (laughs) but and maybe like some band shirts, specific ones that I want. But after that, just get me like something that you saw. Yeah, that made like that's supposed to be the point of it, not just like a thing I could really use in the kitchen. Your grandma sounds so much like my mom in so many ways. Oh, yeah. Like how? Like so many ways. You don't even know. Like Uh, Tracy, give me five reasons that my grandma (laughs) reminds me you of your mom. Like. Okay, the the way that your grandma would talk about animals mm-hmm. is very similar yeah. to the way that my mom will talk about animals. My mom has, like, created friendships with all of the critters that come to her backyard. <laughs> She's named all of them. No way. There okay. are several squirrels. They yeah. all have names. Like? Do you remember any? Rocky. <laughs> okay, like, yeah. Right? Yes. Um, There it's are a, a couple given. of chipmunks. Uh-huh. Uh, Chip and Dale. Of course. Okay. Um, But like my mom has also like a snow white way with animals Uh where like animals feel very comfortable with her. Yeah. So like she's got these chipmunks so that they'll like come up in her lap and like eat sunflower seeds out of her hand and stuff. And she just like sits out there for hours and like waits for the animals to come and visit. And that when I go to visit her, we'll sit in the backyard and wait for the animals and my mom will like sing little songs to oh try and get them God. to come. Like she'll sit there and she'll be like, "Little chipmunks, come and visit us." <laughs> like she'll sing. She's got little songs that she sings to them. It's so sweet. That's adorable. And like the gifts and stuff. Like my mom always like 
my mom loves Christmas and mm-hmm. possibly still believes in Santa Claus. Oh, I'm wow, not okay, 100% yeah. sure, but she's definitely got that like little yes. kid quality about her, uh-huh. even uh, at her age. And yeah, she, for the longest time, like growing up, she would just wrap everything she bought from October on. Yeah. Not like just things for gifts, but uh-huh. just everything just that she to bought. Just feel festive. There was one, one of my favorite memories <laughs> of this behavior was there was one Christmas where at some point between October and the end of December, she had bought a ladle. Okay. And she wrapped the ladle. <laughs> and then she realized halfway through our opening of stuff, like she was also working on the dinner yeah yeah and she was like oh crap she was like i need that ladle and i don't remember <laughs> which one it is so we gotta keep opening things until we find that ladle that so I'm... she wrapped it in a box it she... wasn't wrapped in the shape of a ladle no, she it was... wrapped it she wrapped properly wrapped that ladle and uh there was wow. one time she i there was this like i don't even know how to describe this it was like a pack of various paper products uh-huh. it was like paper towels toilet paper uh-huh. like a bunch of things and it came in like a bundle yeah like all wrapped together and there was like a little plush uh scotty's mascot mm-hmm. like just a tiny little stuffed animal and she bought like a million of these because she thought the little stuffed thing was really cute and then she wrapped them all for christmas wrapped toilet <laughs> paper and paper towels for christmas because she liked the mascot on she, the package because she liked the little plushy mascot. Oh my god! <laughs> like, Wait, so what? Did it come with a little? It came stuffed... with a little stuffed oh, okay. plushie. I thought she just liked the wrapper so much. Mm-mm, that, that's just still a amazing, though. But the size of this thing was yeah. ridiculous. Like the effort that would go into wrapping. Why not just wrap the little guy? I know. Uh, and then, like, she she bought a million of them and she wrapped them all. And then she was like wanting to give them out for like our extended family uh-huh. Christmas. And me and my sister had to be like, Mom, we appreciate how adorable it is that you bought and wrapped these, but you absolutely cannot give our extended family toilet paper for Christmas. <laughs> it's going to seem like, like an insult. Really it's going to seem like you're fucking with them. I don't them. think they're going to connect that it's no. about this little plushie. No, it's going to come off like you're just saying, like, you're shit to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> or like with the, the, the your favorite animal thing and holding on to that yeah. forever. Like my, my sister, when she was like a preteen and teenager, her favorite animal was cows. Uh-huh. And so my mom just for years and years and years and years, every gift giving occasion, so many cows, so many cows for my sister. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because when, when somebody's uh, when somebody is still alive and around, you think of that as just like, oh, my God, another cow. Like, mm. what are you doing? But it, it is funny because, yeah, in, in hindsight, you're like, that's just like a pure I love you. Like, that's yeah. just like a pure. I mean, you can be frustrated at the, at the fact that they're maybe not seeing you for who you are now. Like, mm-hmm. I guess there's an element of that. But uh, if they still have some level of like, if they still see you as a person now and they're still doing that, you're like, no, they never forgot. you. Like, you had a moment in, yeah. in your life with them that just like seared into their like soul. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, I'll give you my last one. Yes, please. Uh, so, so um, the our our like relationship was very silly, uh, and it was very it was definitely just very based on like I would I would come in there there was there was like hellos and stuff, but we kind of knew what we were doing. We had our mm-hmm. routine, and she we had she the was, champagne glasses. Yeah, we had the champagne mm-hmm. glasses. There was there was all sort of those things, and we knew what we were going to watch for the most part. 
Um, and it was just like a really cool, like she wanted me to just sort of feel comfortable to do whatever there. Sometimes I would just like go on her computer and like pretend I was a writer and start writing a story and never finish it. Mm -hmm. It was more just about feeling like I was in there just like being a writer. And I never felt like she was going to do that thing that a lot of parents or grandparents will do or living. Like, oh my gosh, what are you up to? Oh, is someone being a little writer? Like she would never do that. She'd yeah. be like, hey, let him do his thing. So like that was a very, you could almost call that like a, a love language kind of thing where it was just like, I just want you to do whatever it seems like you want to do. And if if I can find a way to make that better, I will. But I'm mm -hmm. not going to try to, like, take it and make it my thing, um, which is huge. I think way more people should do that with kids. I, th mm -hmm. I get so frustrated seeing people dealing with kids and being like, oh, my God, who's playing with their little truckie? And you're like, shut yeah. up. Let them play with their <laughs> truck. You wrecked it for them now. Um, so anyway, I always really liked that and felt really comfortable with her. And then, I, you know, you start to get older and you start to, like, I'd had uh, a, a friend pass away when I was in high school and so it kind of just made me really aware where it's like, oh, man, you sort of do have to like you can't put that stuff off. It's yeah. like, yeah, we both know. And it was like really assumed that it's like, of course, we love each other, but it wouldn't whatever. And I really always assumed that she felt that way. But um, so she had a really like uh, scratchy voice from a house fire when she was a little younger and her voice like totally changed. I actually don't remember what she sounded like before that because I was like seven and she she would just like speak with this scratchiness. And and I remember the first time I was just like, you know what? Today, I'm going to go there and hang out like usual. But when I leave, I'm just going to say I love you. And on my way out, I said I love you. And she said it back with that scratchy voice. She said it back uh, like so quick and so loud that her voice like cracked, like mm -hmm. like scratched through. She was like, I love you. Like she like screamed it. And it was just so it was so sweet. And it like hit me pretty hard at the time. But it hits me harder and harder now when I think about it, where I was like she was so committed to that thing of like let him do whatever he wants and just like let people be who they are. And I'm yeah. going to be in my moment and you be in your moment that she never, she was like, he hasn't said it. So I won't like, and then when she did, she, it's like, she'd always wanted to, yeah, but like she was, she'd just been waiting. It almost. was like so pent up in there and so ready to come out. And she was just like, Oh, and she, she just, yeah, she hit it so hard. Mm. And, and it was, it was not that long after that, that she, she got this like, she got this diagnosis that she had, I think it was stomach cancer. And it was like, and I remember her saying like, I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it as hard as I can. And, and I'm like, grandma, you're in your seventies. Like mm -hmm. I'm full of hope. And I know that you're a magical person, but you're in your seventies. And, and then they eventually told her it was terminal. I was very lucky that we had this long, like we knew. And my yeah. my one aunt is a nurse. And so my whole family was out there and she didn't stay in the hospital. She stayed at home and they got like a bed. And so I would get to like go over there, but it was just like, it, it, we had already opened those floodgates and I didn't I didn't ever have to feel like I only said that because I thought I was going to lose her. Yeah. Like we had said it when we thought we had all the time in the world. Mm -hmm. And and it, it just the way that she came back so hard with it. I think there's a lot of people that have this silliness and it's maybe a cover. It's maybe a front for something. Mm -hmm. It's maybe like they're so, so fun, but they don't have that extra depth or they don't have. But she was was really able to both be like a living cartoon character, but she could also just like pour her heart out yeah. for you and just like, and, and she could cry and she could just like really do that thing that I definitely need to get better at and just like look someone in the eyes and be like, I love you. And she would say it 30 mm -hmm. times in a row. Then she would hug for like 30 seconds at a time. Yeah. So it's like, I have all these reminders from her um, to be silly and to be really in touch with your just like fun childhood side and to not let the world take that from mm -hmm. you the way that it, it it wants to and i can feel empowered in that 
But I'm the older I get, the more I'm realizing like there's another lesson. The more you look back on somebody, there's more you can take from them. And there's like mm -hmm. way more of a lesson that it's like you can also like really, really get serious sometimes and really open up and just like it doesn't all have to be funny and yes. fun. And sometimes you can just like, even though it's hard, mm -hmm. just like put put away your your fucking hacky emotional <laughs> issues and just like, yeah, really tell tell people you love them because they're going to die and you're going to die yeah. and you're going to really wish you did. And that's the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And like, that's the beauty of an exercise like this, of like making this kind of list, whether it's about somebody who's not here anymore or somebody yeah. who's still around and sharing it with them while they're around yeah. is a, that's the whole thing, mm -hmm. right? Like we're all here for connection. Yeah. And uh, from like a science of happiness perspective and stuff, that's one of the number one things it's gratitude and connection with others are the, proven biggest impact things on your level of happiness mm -hmm. uh so making a point for for this one it happens to be both of those things right it's yeah. you practicing gratitude for having had this beautiful person in your life mm -hmm. and also like a renewed sense of connection even though she's not here anymore i'm sure that going through this that you felt almost like you were reconnecting definitely oh yeah. man yeah yeah, it felt like like the the feeling that I had writing out that list. Like that mm -hmm. was like a great it gave you that like sunset or that like sunrise feeling yeah. kind of. It just gave you that like kind of fuzzy. Yeah, it was a uh, it's it's a great way to it's not the only way, but it's a great way to stop down and put yourself back in the moment for a yes. second. And I think the older you get, like I said, the world kind of tries to take that mm -hmm. that that inner reflection from you and that in the momentness and you can just stop down and just like of course it feels cheesy and I guess on a level it is, but just stop down and write a list of reasons yes. that you love somebody. And you like, and the... like who cares? Yeah. Like who cares if it's cheesy? Again, yeah. Who cares? We're all going to die one day. Right? It's cheesy, whatever. It's yeah. good for you. Who cares if it's cheesy? Yeah. Who cares if you got a weird, loud laugh? Yeah. Who cares about any of this stuff? Right? Like anything that is in pursuit of more joy is worth doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't be so caught up in seeming in not seeming silly right now that you're yeah. gonna like die with a thousand regrets. So we end by me giving the guest a genuine compliment. Okay. I don't know if you know this since you haven't listened to the show. No, I don't know it. <laughs> I'm terrible. What's okay? But I really want to compliment you on the way that you engaged with this assignment. Um, because so I've been running the live show for like coming up on two years now, mm -hmm. and uh. I've been uh, surprised by how many comedians have uh, a real barrier up still, even though like I'm giving them this like soft and squishy assignment. It demands a certain level of vulnerability mm -hmm. uh, that I feel like is very difficult for a lot of comedians uh, to provide because we've kind of got this front, this like hard outer shell and we're using humor to deflect all of the time. Yeah. And stuff. And like, I, I, love and appreciate your comedy. I love how silly you are and that you can really see what you're talking about, about the things that you learn from your grandma. You can really see that sense of play mm -hmm. in you when you're on stage, which is really beautiful and especially even more beautiful now that I kind of know uh, what sort of seeded that in you Yeah. Um, early on. But what I want to say is that uh, I was really surprised by and uh, in awe of how honest and how vulnerable and how sincerely you engaged with this assignment and that you were willing to share 
to that level yeah. with with me and with our audience at the live show and now with our listeners on the podcast. That's a really beautiful thing. And uh, like I wanted so badly to have you on this podcast and to have you share this list about your grandma because it, she sounds like an incredible person. Mm -hmm. And I know the experience at the live show and watching the faces on the audience members, it was like watching an entire room full of people fall in love with your grandma. <laughs> yeah. Really, it was. Yeah, and no, I felt that too. That was like, that yeah, was a crazy night. Just so much love in yeah. the room. And uh, so thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this. And thank you for spending 30 minutes in the bathroom uh, to come up with, <laughs> with this list. And uh, yeah. thank you so much. Well, thanks for thanks for uh, giving me the chance to do it. I think there's a lot of things like this that people wouldn't do if they weren't sort of given an assignment. Yeah, this whole thing is me just forcing self-help totally. down comedians' throats. <laughs> well, we need it. You're doing a service. You should be getting funded by the government. That's a necessary. We're working on it. Yeah, we're going to talk to Cask about getting the getting you as the official emotional ambassador for <laughs> Toronto comedians. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. This, this, uh, I, I do always take the theme of a show seriously. Mm -hmm. And so I just looked at it like that. And I was like, this theme means you might cry in front of some people on a stage mm -hmm. and that's okay. That's going to be part of it. It's and, beautiful. Mm -hmm. Kyle, thank you. Thank you, Tracy. And listeners go be nice to yourself and remember that love is everywhere. Mm 